Hello and welcome to episode number 245 of the Nerd Pro Core Podcast, or if you prefer, episode 244, part 2. Thank you, Microsoft, for ruining this intro. Eh, maybe you heard it, maybe you didn't. It doesn't really matter now. In any event, <laughs> uh, this is part 2. Uh, we cover a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, as always, if you like this podcast, let us know at NerdProCore on Twitter, even though we rarely are ever Twittering, Twittering anymore. Uh, although periodically I do uh, post stuff about X Men comics, uh, so there's that, and yeah, that's about it. At Nerdforkwo on Twitter, Nerdforkwo at Gmail dot com. Tell your friends, tell your friends, tell their friends. As I always say, let's get into it. Episode number two hundred and forty-five. Stay nerdy, y'all. So next on the docket, just because to talk about awesome things. Yes. Yes. John Wick 4. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, joy. Just like... Well, no, no, we no, 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 Joe, no, no, joy. After the other day, I, I'm, I'm, thi- I'm getting the impression that you're not as high on Jock, John Wick 4 as we are. Well, well, let me, yeah, let me, let me, yeah. let, me let me explain. You've, you have to explain, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, yes, so I have to I have to clarify these things when yeah. I say these things to to say that <coughs> it doesn't mean <coughs> it does not mean that John that I don't think John Wick is as good or even better as John Wick three. My the only point that I was making was that I happen to enjoy John Wick three more. I couldn't explain to you why. I it might have been, I might have been biased because of the experiences that I had the, the two of the times that I saw John Wick three in the theater, uh might have been the actual theater experience, like biasing me, towards three, uh I think also the third one was the f- I didn't see the first and the second one in the theater. The third one was the first one that I actually saw in theaters, and I saw it more than once in theaters. I think I might have seen it three times. Well, in we thre- saw it. I remember. I distinctly remember the three of us seeing part three. Yeah, and I had already seen it maybe once, if not twice, by the time we all saw it together. Uh, I d- I couldn't explain to you why, uh, except for one thing as and I love the fourth one don't get me wrong I will say that there was a point when they're on the stairs where I was just like this is going a little long I love it but it's okay. going a no I I agree with that but it's still <laughs> fucking awesome oh yeah no, no, no. it's I, still no, no. I was not I complaining not, man I am not disputing that yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it was hilarious when I, when I, to be honest yeah, yeah, that was hilarious yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a hilarious bit no it, that's what I. That's what I mean. Is that like I'm not saying that John Wick three was a better film. I like that I didn't enjoy John Wick four. If anything, immensely. I'm just saying that three, like in the same way that like for whatever reason, like when you see certain movies, if there are a number of them, there's gonna be one that for whatever reason, if you. I, I don't know if I can even articulate why. It's just like that is the one that sticks in my heart more than the other three. 
And that, like I said, it, it's not to take anything away from the fourth one. I just happen to have enjoyed three more than any of the other ones. <laughs> if 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 nothing else, I think the stair scene in part four makes the case that there should be an an Academy Award for stunt work. <laughs> yes. And for how many times that poor stuntman <laughs> had to fall down <laughs> those fucking stairs. And, but think about the editing. He Which might have also been those yeah, guys. Keanu Reeves might have been a couple of those. Wait, wait. Those yeah. guys are dead. Yeah. And then they're gone. Think about the editing. He kills all these people. They should. Their bodies should theoretically stay on the stairs. Oh, and then when you go up, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> that makes no sense. Because it's a video no game. Sense. Continuity <laughs> error. Uh, it's a video game. Their, their body just mysteriously disappears. And look, an air, argument like. could be made, as you have made, that what makes John, Fo- John Wick 4 the best one is fucking Donnie Hen, which I will not dispute even Donnie for a Hen? second. And that towards the end, right before... Right as he's trying to get to the cathedral, the shot where he's in the shotgun, where they have the top-down view, kind of like in the video yes. game, yes. that was just fucking amazing. That was that incre- the cinematography yes. is just amazing. Thank you. Chad Chad Stalinsky, the guy who's directed all of these, has gotten progressively better at just doing John Wick movies through every the, as far as like just quality of filmmaking yeah. this is the best one. the 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 cinematography in the cathedral scene was to me inspired by video games i like that scene itself I felt like that I, f- I was watching contra that was in, <laughs> that was inspired by contra not, Tell it me it is. Not, it would not. <laughs> you're right, I, man. I, I, you're I right. would 100%. I think, yeah, that's, <laughs> right. You're probably 100% Oh, my right. gosh. Oh, that is so on the nose. Yes. Right? Yeah. I, and I was, I was, my jaw was on the floor watching that. That was, I, that to, to me, that, I mean, personally, that was my favorite part. That was the best part of part four. That part. Just like that was the cherry on top. I I heard people mentioning that. I'm like, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, and it's just beautiful. And the the shotgun that he used was just yeah perfect. What was it called? The 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 demon breath? Something like that. It had dragon breath. breath. It had some unique shotgun shells that just like lit up his uh phone. Which I don't know if that's a real thing. It doesn't I, I matter. Was watching, I was watching that. I was, I was watching that. And, 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 Bulletproof what? suits? Is that a real thing, dude? Is that where you're going to draw the line? No, 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 no. But, but to, to say a couple of things about that, because uh, I turned to both you and Pants at a certain point in the film, and it's just like, so th- number one, like, Yes, it, there is a YouTube video. There are some people who created that, yeah. created a suit. It's not the same, exactly. This, it's not as like, but it's like, no, 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 no. Like that, the suit with like the Kevlar in it. That that's a doable thing. Number two, uh, the the conspicuous. I mean, it's in the previous movies as well, but it's even more conspicuous in this movie where it's just like the brand of the the guns. It was like, oh the gun industry must have pumped some money into this film more than the other films be like i'm sure there might have been in some of the other films 
but the amount that like the way that like when you see product placement where it's just like you can see the brand name in this it was just like they're well i mean you, you need to, it, it makes sense yeah. for this movie franchise guns feature heavily mm-hmm. in this i mean the what i love porn. about this Gun second porn. movie was the sommelier as like i've never seen this comparing guns to wine oh, also, oh dessert or whatever also oh. also the fact that it was it was uh Serenopolis, what what's his name from like uh oh the guy from Shaun of the dead Shaun that of the dead. Yeah. Also, also, I didn't realize until I li- listened or watched the the Inside of You thing with Sam Witwer, is that uh, he was the uh, Peter Serenopowitz, the sommelier from John Wick Two, and Sha- and his roommate in Shaun of the Dead. That's the original voice of Darth Maul. He was the original voice, really, of Darth oh, Maul. Oh wow! Before Sa- Sam Witwer, when he did Darth Maul for Rebels. Oh god. Listen to yeah, that's P- Peter Sarah. I didn't know that. He's the guy who did the original. Voice. Great voice. I have to. Yeah, great voice. He really does have a good voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like Sam Witwer like adapted that for Rebels, and we like I said, we will get to that later. But uh, yeah, considering the movie franchise is not a massive one, they would have had to go through people to like help fund it and sure obviously the gun industry yeah. it works i mean i don't like guns but in the context of this film yeah it yeah, makes yeah, sense it, it, yeah. it makes sense you know yeah. um, uh i am so yeah uh i mean i love donnie i i i love i love and i'm also a little that's bit insulting like, just saying you love donnie considering we've been We've been talking about how underutilized a lot of the raid movie actors were featured in part. Best blind martial artist that's actually well, not blind. Wait, were th- w- no, they they did a good job in part two. We we they hated three. part three. They did a good no, job. No, 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 no. Where we hated the raid. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yes. They were okay. Wasted in Star Wars. Yeah, they were wasted yes. in Star Wars because they did nothing. They did a g- they. In part three, they were solid. They were great. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Yen, they took Donnie Yen and just like unleashed him. Where I feel that he and was a, lot, a legit co-star. I mean, he stole a lot of scenes and, and from John is, Wick. Like from what I've read about the produ- production of that film, as I've said numerous times. I mean, I mean, not on the podcast, but like I'm beating the dead horse as far as describing this. Like a lot of who the how that character turn out turned out was Donnie Yen basically going Yeah, I'm not gonna be this I'm not gonna be a stereotypical yeah. Asian like and they did that with like some of like the set uh Rinky uh, the the daughter of like the Yakuza boss. Mm-hmm. Uh they went a, they went way kind of stereotypical with that except for her. Uh and rumor is it that she's gonna uh, there's going to be a number one. They confirmed there's a ballerina side movie coming. Yeah. Uh, and there's a rumor that her character, who sh- who's in this and shows up to maybe kill Donnie Yen at the end of John Wick Four, she's going to get her own thing. Uh, so they went more stereotypical with the Japanese characters, and they were going to go that direction with Donnie Yen's character. And Donnie Yen went, No, I'm. You no. you've cast me in this John in John Wick. Why don't you make me as cool? And so, like, like he's the one who pushed for like 
I'm I mean, gonna, I'm, so, I'm not going to have didn't a have to do that. Chinese name. Yeah. Like his name is Cain, which actually makes it like gives it like a biblical like incognate that like it's his brother who's going to kill him. Uh, yeah, it's, it gives it gives a whole depth that like pro- that maybe the original version of the film did not have. Side and note: I want his sunglasses so bad. Oh yeah, I, I mean, just like the style in this movie is pushed, just amazing. He pushed for that originally. They were gonna apparently they were gonna dress him in like st- very stereotypical like Chinese, That's like he was gonna up. be dressed up like you know <laughs> essentially like racist Chinese garb, and he was just like, no man, like. If I'm gonna be like John Wick's opposite, I want to be as stylish as he is, and yeah, they. It's like I'm glad they listened to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, look, the one way that they sort of, not stereotypical, but like, I mean, as far as like the character he played in Rogue One as well is like, okay, we're just doing, and and this is not a knock. It was still amazing, it, but it is we're. You clearly wanted to do Zatoichi again, Mm -hmm. so this is a different incarnation of Zatoichi. I get it. We all love that character. There have been four – there have been like five different versions of Zatoichi. Like I said, I still loved it in this film as someone who has seen all the numerous – like like, I get it. I think they're they're doing – because it's John Wick, they're doing another homage to that. But me, who's the nerd of that kind of stuff, was just like, okay, I don't uh, – maybe this is part of the reason maybe why I like 3 is like, okay, do I really need to see another version of Zatoichi? But if, if you divorce yourself from the yeah. other incarnations yeah. that John Wick franchise had not control over, you have to admit, it was kind of dope. I mean, it was look, especially look, some of the ways added, he yes, tried to track people. Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, like, whoa, that is perfect. Because awesome. he's not fucking Daredevil. You yeah, know, yeah, he is yeah, actually yeah, blind. Yeah. You know, he. Yeah, the, that's right. The doorbell. There's that no echolocation. Aw- yeah. That was such an awesome detail. I know. It's like, wow. Motion sensor, motion sensor doorbells. Oh, that was so yeah, great. No, I, I just loved part four because, look, John Wick. I will admit, when it from part one, I wasn't, I wasn't that invested. From what? the from the beginning, I wasn't. I I'll give it credit. It was it's an it's an original character, right? Um, I came the first time I saw <laughs> that movie, man. <laughs> it's like there's no fucking way they would make a movie like this. This is, I mean, I'm a '90s it, baby, and I loved watching ultra violent shit, and the fact that a movie franchise like John Wick is created in now in our modern society, I'm like, perfect. Because this is, is our modern version John of Die Hard. one of those. It, 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 it's, a, it's a franchise that proved me wrong from the beginning. Because it, I'll admit, I wasn't that invested. Um, it just seemed to me at the time that it was one of those like direct DVD movies. And I could see that. I it truly proved me wrong. And, and it, it seemed like it might have been a one off and then like yeah, it, it seemed like a one off kind following. of movie and then and then as it grew I I I you know and thanks to you guys as well I I got I slowly got into it and I started to appreciate what it was 
in its in its own originality. Though, so that you know that in itself, I gotta give it credit for. It. But what I what I appreciate of the entire franchise is how it raises the bar every time to the point where yeah you get you get part two you get part three with the freaking with the horses and that whole scene where they're you know the 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 chase scene with the horses in the third one which was phenomenal and then in the fourth one what you think is going to what is typically the the finale fight scene is the beginning the beginning feels like it's drawn out to 45 minutes. I'm sure it's not 45 minutes. I'm sure it's less. But that whole scene in, in Kyoto mm-hmm. was it was just perfection. And then how it spans all these areas. Um, it go, they, go, they go to Berlin. They go to Paris. They go. It, it just the the, the consistency. And, and how uh, they raise the bar, they top themselves every time. And the world that they've created, it's, world building is so amazing. Universe, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. how is it that where are the cops? Where's law enforcement? It's like they don't exist. It's just like everyone is a fucking merc. There's <laughs> one merc. cop. <laughs> you know, There's one cop from the first movie. Um, and just like the world building, the rules. It's like Highlander. The, there is no fighting on holy ground. There's no fighting on continent ground it's like i just love that and and i'm sad whatever you however you interpret the ending of the fourth film is um i'm kind of curious to see what they do with the spin-off characters like the ballerina i was i loved his family and how what they represent seeing a bunch of assassins kind of like what was that um that movie that Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow tried to do, but the Red Room or not that what's it called? There's like there were there were three of them. There was Fe- there was Red Sparrow. Red Sparrow, okay. With Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. There was the one with uh, Atomic Blonde. There was Atomic Blonde, and there was another one that Jessica Chastain, which I can't remember the name right now. They all came out the same year yeah. as as the Black, Black Widow, Widow movie came out, I and they the did the better. Atomic Blonde was. was I enjoy the Atomic Blonde. So Atomic Blonde so was a lot so of fun. what I will say is is one of the things the reason why the spinoffs where you're just like oh there's gonna be spinoffs but I don't have the feeling of like oh there's gonna be spinoffs is because the way that they've s- they set up this universe is like like in the John Wick movies it's focused on John Wick but they also yeah. it was just like. When you s- when he goes to visit the Rusca Roma, you're just like, and in this movie, when he goes to see them again, you're just like, there's an entire world yeah. to explore here. My name is Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, He's only there for five for like I, less I than five minutes, but I, I what also, a what I, a way! I, to I also appreciate that in all of the films, and. Increase it because you have to do this. The more of these films that you do, you uh, I feel like a movie of this type, there has to be humor inserted into it, do which you have is to. <laughs> which is why like the first one is is there there's humor in it, but it's much more like you know he's just lost his wife, he just lost a dog, he just lost the the car. But like the longer you do it, the more it just the the 
you have to kind of – and it was very smart on, like, you know, the director and the writer's ac- account to just kind of acknowledge. It's like, no, it's we can be a little silly. I mean, it's the fun. guy is we, fucking we, we know god mode. Is, yeah, he can't yeah, die. Yeah. Well, yeah. Normally, well, spoiler. <laughs> unless he chooses to, uh, but yeah, it's like fucking God mode. He can't die. You just put. He could. Uh, how many people has he killed? <laughs> how many people? Couple, has, I think he's challenging YouTube. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando for most YouTube kills. There's a couple videos that I've seen of like of like what's the actual number of, of people he's killed. Uh, but I will also appreciate like the, even uh, given the God mode, it's not like he's. He still gets fucked up. <laughs> like, in the third one, like, you know. Daredevil got fucked up. I mean, look. Daredevil got fucked up. He, I mean, granted, he's got, like, bulletproof suits. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, just, like, he just, I'm just, like, there's no fucking way a human being could have this much stamina. No, <laughs> it's, that, it's that not possible. One, that, that's, that's, what, not that's, possible. that's what I, I appreciate about the fourth film. The fourth film, I think, it made, they 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 ground him a little bit more. They make his character and the stakes a lot more realistic. Um, they remind the uh, I think the fourth one reminds the audience that he's still a human being. He can be killed. And also the fact that there is a it, it, what's funny about it is like, if you stop to think about it, it's only been what like a month or a so, a month yeah. maybe since, since the first film? movie. <laughs> like yeah, you I don't register when that. you think about it. You're just like, oh shit, it's only been like a month since the first. Film. <laughs> he's had a shitty few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at some point, he's he's gonna run out of energy and bullets um, somehow. Uh, this is a super tangent, um, and I know I've thrown it. You can now, s- because it's popular enough, and and a lot of the major anime are on all of the streaming networks. You don't have to have Crunchyroll to watch it. God damn it, you need to get on Demon Slayer. Uh, and the reason, the only reason why I bring that up is as far as like, oh, because a big trope in anime like Dragon Ball or whatever is just like, is like characters is like they seem like they don't tire or they're invincible. Uh, the transition that, uh, oh, that happens sometimes. I don't know why that went off so. Oh, wow, it's later than I thought. Sorry. I'm going to turn the lights back on. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, sorry, the, the, there are lights in my apartment that are automatically set to shut off at 11.45. Uh, but the reason why I bring that up as far as, like, humanizing characters is in Demon Slayer at the end of season two, well, it's technically season three, there's this huge battle, and the main characters all get super fucked up. Uh, and, like, you're like, because normally it was like, oh, it goes into this he- healing thing. When they start three season three, they've actually jumped forward like two months because after the events of season two, the end of season two, the main character has been in a coma <laughs> for two months. And you're like, oh, okay. He didn't just – like they ended that battle. They all kind of passed out, and one of them <laughs> has been in a coma for two months because he did – like when you watch that battle, the reason why I bring it like John Lewis is like, oh, no human being 
could do that and just jump back. And the great thing about one of the reasons why I throw this out is because Demon Slayer is one of those few anime where it's just like, oh, when the characters get fucked up, they're like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna pretend like the gap between uh, the f- in animation that we had between the first season and the second season was in real time, <laughs> like, because there was a gap of like two three months between the end of the second season and now that they're airing the third season. It was like, oh yeah, we're just gonna pretend that that, and we're gonna justify it by saying it was like, no nah, man, he did. He you ended that fight. He was super fucked up, and he was. And it's like, and then he went into a coma for two months <laughs> because you can't, as a human being. Do what we just saw on that screen and not com- – your body will completely shut down. And they were like, yeah, you're – I mean, they, I, for all intents and purposes, in like Japanese or like don't watch it in dub, by the way. The dub is terrible. Yeah. Watch the sub version where it was just like, yeah, your body just basically – was like y- you were in a coma because your body just went, eh, we, 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 we can't be al- – we can't be conscious or alive fully right now. Um, yeah. Uh, and something that got me by surprise is Lance Riddick. Yeah. I did not see that coming. Yeah, that was really on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> again, like, one of those things were like. Whoa. Again, one of those things were they. Whoa. They had finished the film and they didn't know that it was going to happen. Yeah. So what are they? What are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah, they could dedicate the movie to him at yeah. the end, but it's just like, that. what are they going to do? Re- re- rewrite and reshoot? Because the I guy, mean, <laughs> because it's the guy impossible to, to reshoot. Yeah. yeah, that that close to the movie yeah. coming out, like, yeah. Um, related. There's a. Did you guys check out the trailer for the spinoff series on Peacock called The Continental? The Continental. I'm interested in that. It I won't be able to. I won't be able to watch it, but I'm super interested. I don't mean I don't have Key Peacock, but it I don't know. I still I, I'm like one of those people who have subscriptions that I don't use. I'm I'm probably gonna cancel it after the Continental, but I'm curious. I saw the yeah. the teaser. It seems interesting. It seems interesting. Mm. Again, and anything again. in the, this world, I'm curious about. And I think it's a prequel. Is about the guy's rise of becoming the owner. Of the Dean Continental, right? Character, yeah, McShane's character. So he's younger, with oh. a younger Lance Riddick's character, yeah. and it's set in the 1970s as he uh, takes charge of the. I, again, again, again. There, there are just so many things like, I swear, even in the first one, like setting up like the Continental in New York, and then in the second one you you learn, and the third one you learn is like there's Continentals all over the world. And that they all operate by the same weird coin. I love that. Like system. Uh, The coins are like created and minted by specific people. The markers are another thing. Was that ever explained in the films? Because I feel like they would just show the coins. That was in the second film that they spoke about that. In the second and the third film, they don't necessarily, they don't explain it. They, they do show that there are, there is like a separate group that creates and mints the coins for them. Uh, and also the fact that like, you know, the system of markers is, is also a thing. Uh, I also just, we have, we have a, a general idea, uh, even though I think in the second one, they name all of them of like who all are 
the high table. The high table. Uh, and by the way, Andrew, if I remember correct, because I think they do name them, the members of the high table are all actual real organizations. Whether they're the the actual characters they have, uh, the I can't remember. It's Wait, uh, criminal organizations. Yes. They're, they're all act. They name them, I think, in the second film. Um, hold on. I'm going to Google this, but they're all actual. yeah this was like the it's like i love die hard this die hard is like a film franchise that is near and dear to my heart and i was disappointed with how it kind of ended you know it the franchise ended on a dud after magnificent first three films and After i was the just third yeah. one it went down i down. was just so happy yeah. that well because he went this he went movie. from being an average the average dude to being a superhero is is basically the problem that happened there um which they weren't creative enough to channel you know very well unlike what they did with this franchise where i just felt that i was just happy that they just ended it on a magnificent note where as you said every movie step ups the ante where it takes things to a whole new level and is it the best cinema cinema no but for an action film it is the best there is in terms of like high quality action scenes violence it gives you exactly what you want for film franchise i mean for an action film that yeah you know, in the end, it's an action film, but the cinematography. Uh, do, you, is do you know? Do you know what I would com- compare it to? Well, by the way, uh, the Camorra, the Ita- are the Italians. That's actually a real organization. The Yakuza are real. Yeah. The Triads are real. The Rusca Ruma are actually a real. I mean, because I've growing up, I've always heard of the obviously Yakuza, and Triads. Those are like the top criminal organizations, but. I've never heard of the other ones. Um, the in, on TV, are, are are the Italian mafia, but they are the Italian mafia specifically in Italy. They are not the Italian mafia that are in the United States. The United States, or though there are, there is some connection there. The uh, if you, as someone who is like, I mean, the Italian talking, mob in Italy that control the prices of of olive oil of all things. Yeah, well, well, it's weird. It's, really? It's inter- yeah, yeah, it's, true it's, story. It's, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because, so in Italy, the Italian mob, interestingly, because we had some of this discussion when we talked about, like, we talked with Pants about the Italian mafia and Italian mafia movies in America, is how much, I would almost say more than any, and I could be entirely wrong with this, but this is. The ones that I know the most about just from, like, knowing, like, American history and less so Italian history but more American history. Um, the Italian mob, both in America and in Italy, how much they are in 
in history and currently are involved with the actual running, building and running of the infrastructure of cities and the country yep. <laughs> in it's, Italy. It's and, and, so and they're an institution, the apparently. Yeah. Well, well, less so now, but historically in New York, the Italian mob was built was so much involved in the influential actual, influential in the, inf- in the infra the, the like the very building of the modern version when i say modern i mean like 1950 like 1940s 1950s mm-hmm. maybe even earlier in chicago as well yeah in a lot of major cities in the united mm-hmm. states like not <laughs> like i make the joke actually uh, i've made the joke half seriously recently <laughs> When I talk about like stuff in the city and some of the other stuff in the country, like how like bad politics has become, like man, I I kind of miss the mafia running <laughs> things because it was like I was like as as much as you might dig like criminals and like people being murdered, like look, man, like the mafia shit actually ran weirdly better <laughs> and you could almost are you saying argue, you're you supporting Alper palpatine and the empire you, is you, that what you're trying to no, say because 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 <laughs> Emperor palpatine and the empire are the politicians they are not the mafia the mafia are the rebels who are running black market shit and actually keeping things running during the empire if you want to make a star wars anal- analogy that's what i'll say um no, but but it, like I make the joke, it's like I can even say it's like, look, man, you could maybe even make the argument that less people died when the mafia were running the infrastructure in New York City than or in the country than the current political system. Only the people who needed to die died, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, look, man, you don't go against the family, you don't got. Well, Look, <laughs> put him in charge of fucking healthcare. It's like, look, man, you don't go against the family. Your healthcare is gonna be fucking fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh God, it's, it's such a good movie. I want to see it again. I'm gonna, you know, I'll wait oh, till. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna buy that shit and see. Oh it like yeah, a billion times. I gotta, I gotta buy like. Yeah. The, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I was gonna buy the trilogy. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do a marathon. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be have a ma- annual marathon just watching these four films but yeah just like it's just been fucking amazing uh what else do we have to talk okay but but wait uh there's just a tiny thing i want to nitpick and maybe i'm wrong possibly but continue uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm confusing the third and the fourth but at what point does john wick bring the completely total car to John Leguizamo. Was that in the third or the, or the beginning of the That's fourth? That's in the second one. The second one. In the second one? Mm-hmm. Because he totals it at the beginning. He goes He goes to visit uh, visit Peter Stormare in the beginning of the second one. Yeah. And in the, in the getting his car... He wrecks it. He completely <laughs> wrecks it and brings it to John Leguizamo. <laughs> yes. And John Leguizamo goes... Goes like, uh, do you think yeah, it's like? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be. You know, I'll have it. Yeah, I can fix it by like twenty fifty or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. that that's the second one. That's yeah. okay. The second second one. It would have been cool, like considering you know if this is like the final installment, it would have been cool, like at some point in the fourth, for, for like to show John Leguizamo like finally having his car ready because at the end of the day, 
this 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 series, this franchise, it was about a guy who got his dog killed and his car stolen. Oh, Maybe look. the baller, mal, ballerina will get it. No, the tracker dude is gonna end up with his car. Who? The tracker dude is gonna end up with his car. The the, the guy who Are the, is is he gonna be? I just felt like the the, the movie I'm didn't really sure. close the loop on that. He, here's <laughs> here's the thing about that guy, the way they. They're trying to set him up as when we were were talking about like Marvel and like when you have stuff in a movie that seems like it seems like they're only there because you're setting up something. That guy's whole arc. Him like the the daughter of the Yakuza boss, her uh, if they don't do him something with him, I'm actually going to be a little bit disappointed. It might hurt my opinion of this fourth film only because like. They set him up as if he's going to be something later. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but aside from having a great relationship with pups, eh. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not exactly clamoring to see that character. I'm not either, but but it's just like you, as someone who like pays attention to like how things – how you structure a film and how you write things, unless they like – but really to be fair, these movies have to be a standalone. There's you don't yes. make it. This is not Marvel, sure, where you have to make it connect to something. They else. don't have to, but it, but there's just the 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 there's a way if you already know that they're doing spinoffs, there's a way that like they've set up characters where it's just like. It just it it brings up like a it, not a red flag is a red flag isn't necessarily the right term for it, but it's just like it's just like mm, they're shining a lot of light on this character. To if he's not look if he doesn't show up, I'm not gonna be upset about it necessarily. I mean, because there's no guarantee. I mean, yeah. once again, it's mo- it's Hollywood. There's yeah. you know movies fail all the time mm-hmm. you know simply because there's not enough funding not, or I'm belief thinking, I'm not thinking in studios movies. i'm thinking he's more gonna pop up in one of the shows i feel like he might show up in that in the in the russian but there's no connection between him and whatever the name of that organization it, it, it doesn't matter yeah. doesn't matter they'll f- if they want to do it they'll figure out a way to do it but yeah that being said uh, what I was gonna say is, as far as like masterful action film cine- cinematography, completely different type of film, but the film that John Wick the the best comparison that I can make is is fucking uh, Mad Max. Fury Be- uh, Road. Fear, true. As far as like just command of like cinematography, yeah. practical effects. You mean knowing when to do? You digital mean this fourth installment? You're comparing just the, f- the fourth or the overall franchise? The fourth in particular, but the overall franchise in general, as mm. far as was like, if you're talking about action films, when you were talking about like, like you know, upper tier action films, it was just like that are doing stuff like cinematography, creating a universe. Actually, the parallel that I can, the, the best parallel that I can make is the Mad Max films, is like, it's its own universe. Yeah. Mad Max is it, it, a com- different character, but sort of the same in a way. Like Mad Max is the John Wick parallel, uh, and uh, although like Furiosa is the tracker, but no, 
But the difference is that John Wick is is an active product uh, protagonist, whereas mm. Mad Max is like almost like oh, especially in in Fury Road is almost like a passive protagonist. And if you go back, uh, aside from the first two Mad Max films, it changes in the third one in Thunderdome, where it's just like he goes from the main character to being like almost like horrible comparison because of how I feel about the but like Kwai Kang Chang and Kung Fu it was just like I'm the main character but basically I'm just passing through this universe uh but yeah as far as like action like masterful action films uh I would say even like the progression was like Mad Max Fury Road is in my opinion clearly the best it's also the fourth Mad Max film. Yeah. It's clearly the best one. Easily, yeah. And also, you get a director like George Miller when he did that. Like that first Mad Max film is like an indie, is an independent film. It's a little. Mm-hmm. You could argue that the first Mad Max film is like a straight to video, and then they just got progressive as as George Miller got better as a director. Like they got progressively more interesting. The humor, like when you, by the time you get the thunder, like that, like Mad Max and and the road, yeah, Road Warrior and Mad Max are dark, they are like violent, serious films. And by the time you get the Thunderdome, they've like gotten, it's gotten kind of humorous, and then it it goes back to it's not it's not humorous in Fury Road, but just like it's just like. By the time you got the viewer, you got George Miller. It's George silly Miller's funny. Yeah, yeah. Silly funny. Yeah. George Miller has just become this incredible director. And Chad Delinsky, same dude. Started as like a stunt coordinator on like other people's films. And it's just like progressively as he's done more films, he's just gotten better as a director. Yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't recognize him from other, any other films other he started as if i remember if i'm if i'm remembering the details of his career correctly he started as like a stunt uh, coordinator on like other films and and also like foreign films which is how he got friends just like the raid guys like i think if i remember i like i said i might be getting into details of this completely wrong but i think he was one of the guys he was involved with the raid films which is why uh like, he was able, by the time the third movie came around, he was just like, he called up a bunch of, not just those two guys. That I recognize a couple of the other guys from Mark Descosco's group are also from the Raid films, or at least, like, that that crew of people. And when I say the Raid films, I'm including, like, The Night Comes For Us, which is, God, God damn it, that movie's that fucking good. crazy. <laughs> um, also, I recently, because it popped up on, I think it's on Hulu or something. Uh, I rewatched Dread again, the the Carl Urban Dread, and it's that was great. It's I the raid. It is great. Criminal that they never made a sequel for that one. Yeah, because that was just perfect. I love that world. I mean, I, I get it. It probably didn't make that much money, but no. damn it, it was a fucking amazing. Also, film. Dread is Dread is hard as a comic book to handle. Because you can either the Sylvester Stallone version set aside, it is either a satire or 
and I've actually I've read a couple things where it, it I've read it interpreted the comic book as both ways as like it's either an endorsement or like a little bit too like permissive uh thing about like having a police state essentially or it's a it's it's a critique and that the dread film that dread film managed to sidestep that by mostly being just a straightforward action film isn't it dystopian though it is but there's it's hard especially nowadays it would be hard to make that film without kind yeah. of addressing the okay we yeah. the, the the issue of having a police state is like is like you either have to do another straightforward action film which mm, I, mean, I feel you like could. you you could yeah I mean, but again it's just like it, how do you do setting, um, and what was great is with that dread film I mean the cops weren't perfect. I mean, yeah. there were corrupt cops that gets put you, down. You, you also, you know. like, there, there are so many things about that movie that are, like, a sort of, like, a weird fluke. Uh, no. No, 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 no. As, as, as far as, uh, I, when I say that, I say, uh, specifically, I mean, like, the, ca- the, the three main cast members is you happen to be catching Gl- Glenn Hetty specifically it is before it is, is Game, of Game of Thrones Game of Thrones but what has she done after Game of Thrones it but, but that being said is 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 like you're kind of catching those people like you've cast those people as like okay if you're going to bring back you could probably bring back the two main uh, Olivia Thurby, I don't think it, Carl she, Urban is. I don't know. She's not vital, to be honest. No, not bring a, back Carl Urban. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's down for shit like that. Yeah. Um, but the point is, with Lena Headley, you find a f- great fucking actor who can yeah, yeah. kill the d- role. And even before we heard of Game of Thrones, she killed it. She, her character's dead. She's Spoiler badass. alert. Yeah. Find a different actor. Find a different character there's that also, is disgusting also, for Carl Urban to fight and kill. It's just, it's like that movie's interesting to me just because there, there are so many elements. Uh, when I say this, like it's it's like a weird fluke, uh, and it and it wasn't a, like successful. But there there are certain things that's just like, like you said, it's kind of like criminal that it didn't do very well. It's just like there are certain things that you just like you just you just happen to catch those things, certain elements of that film before other in a certain time period i was just like oh man i yeah i guess like a sequel would be good just like there are certain things i was like oh you no one saw you do this (laughs) like i mean it the formula is great i mean it's pretty much like the raid yeah yeah. it's contained in one small setting yeah they're surviving you know all these i mean i mean i mean when when you say it's the the raid like it is literally yeah It it's is the first without the martial arts. It is a it is the first raid film, mm-hmm. except the cop is Jed, Judge Dredd, and doesn't know martial arts. Like that's that's the only difference. It is the it is the raid. It is. It's the first raid, and film. that's why I love it. Yeah. And the v- villain is 
Lena Headley is just terrifying in that movie. Very sadistic. She's so great. Um, Did that come directly to to Netflix? No, it, it had a very brief. It was in theaters. It was, it was? a very brief theater yeah, run. I saw it in theaters. It is one. It's it's another one of those like I w- I'd be interested to see because that's another movie that like the more people that encounter it and actually watch it, like it, it has kind of a cult following. Weirdly, I would say uh, on the not as good of a film, but uh, Punisher Warzone has is. Is is a similar? Is that the guy who's in Ahsoka? Ray Stevenson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I heard online that I never saw Warzone. So, uh, but I heard that character. That so, so was I've said I've movie. said this before. If you he looks pretty dope in that fucking Ahsoka yeah, yeah, trailer. Yeah. We will talk about Mando, and then when we get to Ahsoka, <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I've said this before on the podcast, Punisher Warzone. If you do watch it. Because I didn't wa- – the first time I watched it, I was like, this movie's absolutely terrible. And then I actually listened to uh, an interview with Lexi Alexander. I think that's her name. The, the woman who directed it. And she was just like, no, 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 no. It was just like, you're not – it's it's supposed to be like an, a, a sort of ada- adaption to the Garth Enos run more so than the Thomas Jane – movie that thomas jane actually after the thomas jane movie made a short where he he reprises the the role of the punisher and it's actually really good if you actually get a chance it's on youtube he made like a little short uh that is him reprising the role as the punisher and it's great uh punisher warzone because garth the garth ennis run is hyper violent but it's also like because it's garth ennis it's got this like perverse sort of sense of humor and she said, I was like, no, 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 that's what – a lot of people took Punisher Warzone at face value. And if you take it at face value, you're like, this movie's terrible. But if you take it the way I, she intended it to be, which is like this kind of like it's, – it's hyper-violent, but it's supposed to be kind of like funny. And like – and if you watch it that way, you're like, oh, this movie might act- – it's actually – if you change your perspective on it, it's actually kind of brilliant because it's – if you realize that it's supposed to be kind of over the top and, like, why why is Jigsaw talking in this ridiculous yeah, way? You, but so you have to have a, a very specific predisposition to And I think that – and I've said this a, a billion times, so I, pre- I apologize if I'm repeating myself a bunch of times. But there's a point in that movie where, like, there are, like, hitmen or, like – like uh hench people who are like supposed to kill the punisher and they're like parkour people and they're like flipping across the roof tops and you just see that and there's a shot that's like a long shot of like them flipping off the uh on the rooftops and then like it, the camera shifts and you see it's the punisher pick up like a bazooka <laughs> and he fires the bazooka and one of the guys is doing a flip from like one building to another and like he gets hit with the bazooka and he explodes in midair. <laughs> and you, when you see that, now that you know that you're supposed to watch the film, because the first time I saw that, I was like, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but when you understand, I was like, oh, no, 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 that's supposed to be ridiculous. And you watch it from that perspective, you're like, that, that's fucking ridiculous. Like, you're laughing instead of going, that's 
instead of being like too seriously instead of it's being like irritating be, yeah. it irritated be like yeah. that's ridiculous it's a different tone the, that's ridiculous becomes a like <laughs> like you're laughing you're like ah, that's it. ridiculous yeah uh so yeah if you're gonna watch punisher warzone keep in mind that it's it's supposed to be silly um so since let's use that as a tangent to mr stevenson to talk about the inferior of the star franchise, the Star Wars, and I, uh, you know. So what do you do? We want to do Mando, then Ahsoka trailer, or yes. just like Disney trailers and Disney game plan moving forward. What? How do you want to do this? So let's talk about Mando, and then generally speaking, like Star Wars, uh, including the Ahsoka trailer. As far as like generally speaking, Star Wars. Okay. Um, um it's. I've come to realize, this season. Mandalorian is no longer going to be a small, self-contained, yeah, relationship. It's over, because. I grew up watching. Uh, grew up. The last couple two seasons, I've just viewed this show as just being a father and son relationship. Sure. You know, and that's what I've enjoyed. But now, it's no longer going to be a small stakes. Si- this show is not going to be small stakes I mean, anymore. I mean, it's now going to be in the big leagues where it's going to be setting up. Not only the Mando movie, but future movies but down the line I mean, for Star I, I Wars. Say, it's getting bigger and say, bigger in scale. I will say the end of season two should have disabused you of that. The sheer fact that Luke shows up at I the know. end of season two, like it's like okay, I know, I know. To, uh, it was like okay, we, he is part of a larger unit, and and the but fact the that fact Ahsoka, that they're setting Ahsoka shows up, up in season two as well. It, yeah, but. Ahsoka is going to do her own thing, but the fact that th- they're establishing the Mandalorian people as a unit and the fact that the show is called The Mandalorian, it's not only going to be about them. I mean, the whole point is that Din Djarin wants to be part of reconnect with his people. And the fact that they're no longer going to be scattered from what they're telling us, they plan on joining forces, becoming a force in the galaxy again. So the scale right now is just going to be bigger and bigger as Grogu gets older, develops more force powers. And I don't know, it's just like it's, I mean, I'm not hating it. It's just like it's it's dawning on me that now it's the scales are I, getting bigger and bigger. I get what you're now. saying. That being said, uh, so – one of the things that the first season did was the first season is very self-contained and it gives you the impression. That's why I said when you get to the second season and all of a sudden you're seeing Bo-Katan, you're seeing uh, when Luke sh- – for me, it was Luke showing up at the end of season two where I was just like – and then the fact that you have an entire Mando, basically a second half of Mando season two – in Book of Boba Fett, I was just like, okay, it's it's not going to be self-contained anymore. And once I saw that, and once I also saw how many can, it wasn't just a fluke that Pocatan was, was, it wasn't just like a stunt thing. 
was like, no, we really are. And it's, we were saying, like, Filoni. I, I would say even more so than John Favreau. As much as John Favreau has been involved, I would say Filoni more than anyone else. It's like we are continually establishing a solid connection between Clone Wars, the animated series, and Rebels, the animated series. More so even in this third season, and now with the Ahsoka preview, where you're seeing characters from Rebels. I think, obviously, as everyone has said, they are referencing the book Heir to the Empire, which I have not read. But for, for me and a lot of other people, it's like, okay, they're referencing, especially that, uh, what's his, I'm forgetting his name, but like the purple alien dude. Who was oh, there. Cad Bane? No, not Cad Bane. Uh, purple alien dude. The pearly, uh, he's from Rebels. He's one of the main characters from Rebels. I didn't watch he's Rebels. Okay. Wait, so the pilot? Yes. Oh, the reason why everyone okay. went insane when he made that cameo is he's okay. one of the main characters. I just I I don't know the character. I just know the species because I played Jedi Fallen Order. Sure. And one of the Jedi Masters is from his species, so I was yeah. like, that's where I made the connection. Yeah. Well, I rewatch. I started watching season one. Not a big fan, but I I know that character from so the bit of a dick character. The, the thing about Rebels is the same thing with the early seasons of... By the way, Rich, get on fucking Clone Wars. But here's what I'll say. What you say about Rebels is Rebels is similar. First handful of seasons of Rebels are very similar to the first handful of seasons of Clone Wars. They are directed towards a much younger audience. And as... Way younger. Way younger. I mean, Rebels is... I mean... I could get into Clone Wars, but Rebels, Rebels is way younger Rebel, of a demographic. So here's what I'll tell you. Uh, Rebels is way younger of a demographic until Darth Maul shows up. Uh, and even more so when Vader shows up. It's like there is a tangible shift in the tone of the show once Darth Maul and Darth Vader show up. You're like, oh, we've shifted. I mean, it's still a kid's show, but the tone of the sh- – it's, it's almost immediate where it's just like – I would say Darth Maul a little bit less so, but as soon as Vader shows up, you're like, oh, the tone of this show has shifted to where we – and by that time, you're like season three, I want to say. Okay, I'm probably not gonna stick around. It's I mean, a slug. I just gotta. I just gotta. Clone, I would say Clone Wars. Those early seasons are kind of a slog, <sighs> and and all and those and in the middle there too. There, there's. A lot I enjoyed of slog. Clone Wars, which Rich once again you should watch. Um, I just had issues with Ahsoka Tano, but it was on purpose. The they made her that way, um, but. I I thought Clone Wars from the get go was a great way of of making sense of you know Attack of the Clones and the yeah. uh, prequel uh, trilogy. And even more I thought so, it was great. And even more so, Bad Batch has even as I mean the fantastic thing that Clone Wars and Bad Batch especially is just like it is making the clones feel like they're not just clones they're actual people 
and characters. Shit. I need to pay off Charlie so she could get you to watch Clone Wars instead of uh <laughs> instead of uh what's her name? Uh her movies. Uh Jennifer Lopez the movies. Gen- the Jennifer Lopez. I, I I think I think we I, I need to do that. I fi- figure out what she needs. Whatever you can do. <laughs> Whatever you can do. I think that's the only way you're gonna watch it. Save me from because what they're doing moving forward with the Star Wars. I mean, I as I said, I only cared about Star Wars because of Clone Wars mm-hmm. and what they're doing with Mandalorian. And you're watching Mandalorian, that's great. But a lot of the characters that you're seeing, they're so fleshed out in the Clone Wars. So, so the thing about the reason why and they make attacking the clones make sense. I mean, it 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 gives it more weight so, in terms so, of so the, the behaviors thing, and what's going on. Mando, however, <coughs> this third season has been kind of uneven. However, you might feel about that. I I I will say what I've said about the Star Wars universe in general is even the mediocre stuff, and it's mostly been shows. Is it has ex expanded the Star Wars universe in a way that the extended universe in previous that wasn't canon had did so much of that like we've been pushing Clone Wars so much of that is establishing Clone Wars of like no there there is an entire universe here there are Jedi focused episodes there are not Jedi focused episodes you get to the big thing that Clone Wars did was establishing that there's an actual universe Mm -hmm. there that is not just Skywalkers, you know. It's not just that, which is what the movies did. It's it makes you think. It makes it gives you the. That's why when people say they're Star Wars films, but they've only watched the films. I'm like you're not really a Star Wars film. It's just like all you've seen is these the little pocket that is the Skywalkers. Granted, they're very important to the galaxy and the universe because of the of how that expect affects the Empire. But there there's an entire galaxy there's an entire universe out there and there's so many elements of it and there's even elements of the force that like they address in which they're gonna make a movie out of and i'm happy about that um because if they're pulling from what uh feloni did with a few episodes in clone wars i'm very curious to see how that will translate because meshing you know mysticism even more so in a Star Wars movie, something that has not been done in the yeah. this, even in TV shows, maybe a little bit in animation, but doing it in live action, I'm curious to see how that works. And this is set thousands of years before. I think this is the birth of the Jedi as they started to um, notice the Force yeah. in nature. So I'm curious about that. I, I will say, though, like in this most recent episode and the previous episode, just like the coming as someone who watched so much of Clone Wars and like the what happened to Mandalore, like having them all come together is like mm, I'm feeling things that I don't I haven't felt in st- watching Star Wars in a really long time. Uh, well, not in a really long time since I watched Andor, but Andor, God, but Andor is such there's a yeah. fucking different thing. But there's <laughs> a Andor. but there's a build up. You know, you've seen a lot. You've seen the struggles 
that these people have gone through. You know, the fuck-ups that they themselves, you know, created, the rakes that they've stepped on because they was just so dogmatic in their ways. Um, and to see that there's possible hope of unification, you know. Um, now, um, the ending, well, that fucking last episode that <laughs> happened was just amazing. Yeah. And Paz Vizsla pour one out to you man because i never i i was i didn't trust that character over the last a few seasons yeah but god damn it he went out like a boss yeah. like a mandalorian i'm this like this is the way i mean i th- if they could do this recreate this feeling and the stakes in the future they're also the future we, is we good. discovered that the the Star Wars series have a structure, which is like sort of, sort of depending on the show, sort of big, uh, beginning. There a sort of slow handful of episodes, almost to the point where you're just like, okay, what is mm-hmm. happening? And then and then and then a lot, and it's almost in every one of the shows. Those last two or three episodes, they yeah. they they throw everything to the wall. Yeah. They amp everything to eleven. From they goes from three. And, and and just as someone who's just like is kind of like a writing nerd and watching the show, it's just like this is there's this is this is not an accident. It is a formula. It I is a formula in the same way that the the Andor did it so much better. Where sure sure you had they didn't keep it. <laughs> they didn't tease us, <laughs> you know, yeah. towards the end. They gave us a little release. They they did us climax a few times in the season where, you know, build a build up climax, build a build up climax. I'll Instead of like you suffer, they, they, they tease you so much and draw it out he, until the, the last here, two episodes. Here's the other thing about why I think you could do that more successfully with a show like Andor than you could do with. Mando, especially show like uh, more even so a show like the Obi Wan show, is Mando. What you've set up is like at a certain point you're gonna need because like Mando, like space western, they're Mandalorians. You're gonna need the big action sequence. If you have an Obi Wan show, however you might feel about you know the Obi Wan show was not great, but there were some really cool elements oh, there. Fucking amazing elements there. Yeah, yeah exactly. At a certain point, it's Obi-Wan. He's going to have to face Vader. There's going to have to be some sort of epic lightsaber slash force battle between him and Vader. That that needs to happen. You can't have that show without that. Mando has a similar demand on it, which is why those, those middling episodes, granted their quality is also uneven, uh, Grant, uh, I will say that like the Law and Order Space episode, I understand <laughs> that you weren't feeling it. I get it. I get it. I love that episode. I loved it. I don't necessarily think it's a great episode, no. but I but I did love that episode. Um, it just for me, it came out of nowhere. Sure, sure. You sure, know, sure. it's. I mean, if there were like a couple episodes before that beforehand kind of like prepare me for that yeah but it was it's it's, it's very, been rough it's you've very seen torture it's, ve- it's very you've seen field. double crossing and i didn't expect to laugh i mean i did laugh but it was just like 
it was out of place for the season. So, so what I will say is, is again, like they have to do those type of episodes because the structure, because of what you, what you're saying about Mando is like you need to have that big spectacle or that big action sequence at the end. Andor was very different. Andor, they did have a big sort of spectacle action sequence, but Andor was more what you needed to have at the end of that series structurally was an emotional payoff. It You didn't have to – like the way Andor was set up as a show, there are definitely like some spec- – but like the argument that everyone makes is just like it's like a prestige drama set in the Star Wars. Universe. It's HBO. Let's be it's honest. A, yes. It's HBO. It's HBO. Yeah. But 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 the reason why I bring that up is because it doesn't have the same demand on it that you have to pay off in some way a battle or a spectacle when that series ends. You have to pay off character and drama wise because that's what the show has set you up for, you can't, it doesn't work as well. I mean, you could ma- you could argue that, yeah, you could make it work for something like Mando or Overrun or Book of Boba Fett. But like you're saying, the best moments that you, we all love the most in Mando's, Mando, a lot of times are not the type of deep, like they're n- they are an emotional payoff, but they're not the same type of emotional payoff that you have that you would do for the end of Andor. It's like you somehow need a spectacle you, in I'm, Mando. I'm not, cr- I'm not advocating for a spectacle for every episode, but sure. I feel that in the first three seasons, I mean, not everything was all action, but I think the first three seasons were more balanced. Space Western. It was Space Western. You, you, when you ex- expand the scope of what you're dealing with, you can't do – it's – Look, you can see it with the movies, too. The original trilogy is the same way. A New Hope, Space Western. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and there's been the argument, again, a thing that we I've discussed death is, like, you can't, I don't, when they say, like George Lucas said, he had a, pan, he had a vague plan, but I don't know that he knew he was going to do two more movies. So they had to. So they it was like it was like, oh no, we can't do the space western. Any. And also, there's the argument that was like he didn't know he made a space western. He just kind of did that by accident. And then like you have the second and third movie. It was like, well, you can't do the space western again. You have to up the scales. And you know, the Empire. It was like, what do we do with Darth Vader? It was just like, oh, he's dead. You know, that's the big reveal of Empire. Also, Empire. I will, I will say this over and over again. The reason why Empire is the best Star Wars movie is because George Lucas was not the one directing it. Yeah. Um, but like Jedi, same thing. It was just like, you can't do space, space Western. It was like when you expand. I mean, you're discussing like season one. I was like, I don't know. Like season two, if you did space Western again, would we? wanted space western again wouldn't that have been a good of a show or was it like well you got it you got it had some good moments the sure. heist yeah that was i don't know what episode that was in 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 season two but that there had some really good no, uh notable moments you had the introduction of bo-katan that was a really great episode there the thing is scattered before the ending there were some highs sure 
you know, but everything in season three was kind of flat, yeah. you know, okay, until the very end. Yeah. You know, um, not that it was a dip, but just like everything was just flat. It's I like, will oh, say, I will well, say aside from the second episode, the second episode raised things up a stake with I, the I, I introduction will, I, I, of the Mythosaur. I will also say when I was saying that the Star Wars shows have a structure, even in the animated shows, Bad Batch is very much adventure of the week, adventure of the week, yeah. adventure of the week. Oh, shit. And it, and keep in mind, like, oh, shit, shit, got, shit just got real didn't happen until episode seven. But the only the really, d- in going into Bad Batch, for me, the only really down episode was just when they went to space Florida, whatever that planet was. <laughs> the island, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was the only down episode sure. where... But it was solid throughout. I'm I'm not looking for action. I just want really strong episodes, and I felt that uh, moving for you know this most of this season was pretty meh, not terrible. Yeah. Meh. It was meh, meh. Yeah. Uh, that being said, as far as like uh, the Ahsoka preview, Ray coming back into the, the uh, new films, uh, I will say like it just like I said, I rewatched that Ahsoka trailer. A bunch like of a times. million yes, times, <laughs> and I'm like, it's just, I don't know, because there was like this scene where she's fighting Ray Stevenson. Yeah, that kind of brings me back to a little bit of that episode in Clone Wars. Is like, is this just archaeological, or are they in a different? Like, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm like excited to find out what's going on, and fucking, I have like blue balls right now <laughs> with all of the Thrawn discussion. I've only seen trailers of Thrawn from snippets from the anime, from the uh, Rebels show, but I've never seen like full episodes of him. I've heard great things about the character. Yeah. I really can't wait Some to see. Canon, he's canon, different. Lot, I mean, he's a, a different his, form. A extended universe. He's not like, even evil. He's just like a fucking bureaucrat who is highly functional and, and it's we, highly smart. And, and I'm curious we, to see how that translates in, the- in film. It, it, like it, one of the big things about Andor is like you learn how bureaucracy can be fucking evil. Yeah, <laughs> and hot too. <laughs> bureaucracy <laughs> is not benign. Like. Um. So and I love the actor who voiced Thrawn. Um. Because he was in, um, Sherlock. He sure. is, and he's played cerebral, and he is. Fuck, Lars Mikkelsen is, I'm sure he's a great person, but he does a great job, you know, portraying psychologically scary characters. So I can't wait to see how he does Thrawn in live action. And look, when they cast Rosario Dawson as Ashoka, Ashoka, I was like, okay. And then I saw Iron Man, I was like, she's great. And now I'm just like, that's fantastic. I had no idea that was Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing, uh, what's her name, from Rebels. I was just excited to see character like her character and and the fucking droid. I hate to say this, but <laughs> I'm sure you went full chub or full hard I on did, when I you saw. Ooh, Mary Lou. I mean, you I love not. her normally, but now she's a green alien. <laughs> she become hotter for you? No, 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 because I I didn't know it was her. I was actually. Oh, you know. <laughs> I was more excited uh, that and I mean. Oh, look, if you didn't know. Uh, Jamie's unicorn is Mary Elizabeth. It is not. Winston. It is not. It is. It isn't. 
by the way. Now I have to look her up. Look, she is like like a lot of No, you've been obsessed with her since God Pilgrim. I in fairness, I was I, yes. In, in 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 fairness, I've been I've been obsessed with with almost all of the girls from Scott. Pilgrim. Yeah, but from what I think you've spoken a lot about her, and I think well, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what did Jamie said earlier? He's not into what dainty. Wait, wait, was wait, 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 yeah, wait, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 No, she, there, there's, there's mm-hmm. definitely something about her that's like very. I will say it was, it, it is very specifically from Sp- Scott Pilgrim. It I mean, she so. did have a nice look, yes. Yeah, it is less so. But I've seen her in other things yeah. as well. But now she's a Twi'lek, so that changes things for him. It, it mm. doesn't. No, I was more excited that it was just. I was more excited that like those, the three characters that they showed that were from Rebels, uh. It was her. It was the. And is Sabine Wren supposed to be a Mandalorian as well? That's complicated. If you watch Rebels, it's. She, so she's not. A, I know she has armor, but is she Mandalorian or is she some sort of foundling? It's complicated. It's, uh, she has the armor. She's another one of those people who is just like. Uh, separated from like the actual. She's not Death Watch. Yeah. Uh, she was like a she was trained in the merce. She was doing like the whole mer- like you know privateer thing for a while, but solo. There's a, it's a whole thing in Rebels of like like she has the armor, but it's yeah it's it's like a lot of the people who are who are not Death Watch, and essentially the man the Mandalorians who are on that little planet who are not the privateers who they bring in in that episode, the most recent episode and the the episode before. Mm-hmm. The way they have all split off, it's it's a little complicated. Yes, they all are technically Mandalorian, but the the extent in which they embrace Creed or well, because the Creed. I mean, I granted Cook, she's not Death Watch or Children so, so, of the Watch. So, so so like I mean, you you've seen Clone Wars, so you know that the Creed, quote unquote. That's Death Watch. Those are Death Watch people. The Creed isn't necessarily the way it's established in Mandalorian. That's not necessarily the Mandalorians who are from the planet Mandalore. And the Mandalorians who are from the planet Mandalore, all of that is from Clone Wars. It was established in Clone Wars. Pre-Clone Wars, none of that existed. Almost. Like, pre-Clone Wars, like the Boba Fett Mandalorians were more, more like what is established as Death Watch in Clone Wars. Uh, that was like, Clone Wars really like fleshed out that that was its own planet, that like the Boba Fett thing from Boba Fett in the in the original trilogy, in the Clone Wars, that's established that that's more like the Death Watch, like that's that group. Uh, they, they apply a more like older version of like Mandalorian culture that's much more of a warrior culture. It's it's a whole But like I said, you saw Clone Wars. Yeah. It's a whole it's, it's But a she's Mandalorian. Yes. But she, yes. Okay. Is the is the very simple She's way. just a different sect. Because yeah. like, cuz I didn't aside from I think maybe like a, a a short view of the helmet, she I just haven't seen her in 
armor at all yeah. in that trailer. And they trailer. also show what's his name. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his can. Uh, you see him in in a hologram. Uh, um, Ezra Miller, Ezra, Ezra, Brid- Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Bridger from Bridger. from Rebel, Rebels, who's like a Jedi Padawan. I'd be interesting to see. I'd be interested to see whether they bring Cannon back as well. Although I haven't watched Rebels all the way through, so Rebel, so Cannon might not actually be alive. <laughs> I don't know because I haven't finished watching Rebels, so he might act. They might not bring him back because I don't know if he's he's dead or not. Um, uh, especially because what's her name the the younger. Jedi in the Ahsoka preview apparently has Cannon's lightsaber, but Wait, it's orange. Yeah, but okay, all right. That I only know that because I I I didn't notice it in the preview, and then I I just saw in like other like Google things and and YouTube things, yeah. which is like oh a bunch you know the people who analyze these previews like detail by details is like she has Cannon's. Lightsaber. Why does she have Cannon's lightsaber? It was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, once again, it seems like they're using the shows to set up. I know it's been a long time since we've seen like a standalone Star Wars movie. Yeah. But they're doing a good job to set the table for the movies that are coming up. It's and inter- I'm really it's, it's, it's most inter- I'm really excited for movies coming up for the first time in a long like, time. Star Wars that they're doing oh, the reverse with Star Wars that they're do it that they did with the MCU is like they're setting up in a, an expanded universe with the shows so that they can go back to the movies and have the a universe lot more substance a universe, a lot more sub- substance already. That's why I was just like, however you might feel about Ray bringing back Ray or whatever, is like, well, if they bring back Ray and they've already and they have a much better grounded, you know, deeper Star Wars universe that uh, that this character Ray is now stepping into, it's like, I almost feel like it's like, hey, I understand that you wanted to do this new trilogy, but it almost like the DC stuff. It's just like, hey, maybe you should have. I know you you know you wanted to make some money, but maybe you should have just not put out three new movies, done all these shows, and then put out your three. Bit that, Filoni yeah. and Favreau were not in charge. Yeah, yeah, I mean they just recently bought Star Wars from Lucas Films or bought Lucas Films. Yeah, and they were just itching to like make movies and without look, having like I said, any like I sense said, of direction. Not any knock against Favreau. But I would argue that uh, that's so much like, and Filoni's not the only one. I brought up like Sam Witwer, who worked on the animated series. But from what I understand, when you see like the behind the scenes for the that first season of Mando, this is like Filoni was and John Favreau. But I like I said more so Filoni because they even like uh, um, Bryce Dallas Howard and a couple other people were just like Filoni was just like on set. Just like walking around, and there'd be like some weird little ephemera, and Filoni is just like the excite—not not just an encyclopedia of like Star Wars knowledge, but also like a continuity nerd. Where you're just like, okay, I know how to make all of this connect to each other and make sense. And what I was—I think before we recorded, I was saying this about. Early Marvel, the early MCU had a what they had like a brain trust of like seven people who were 
Uh, Joe Casada was one of the people, um, there were a handful of people who worked for Marvel Comics who were consulting them on the movies. And at some point, slightly before Disney bought it, they jettisoned the seven. And the seven were no longer consulting on the movies. And in hindsight, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. you can see that there is a shift of when those seven people who were from the comic book stopped consulting on the films and Disney started to go off in their own direction. And it's just like, it's not immediate, but you can, like, if you, in hindsight, you can kind of see, like, this, like, oh, when you have the corporate giants that in charge of it and you don't have the actual creators of all these characters or the people who are doing the comic books who are kind of, like, consulting and trying to keep everything in continuity as much as we argue that, like, Feige had a vision. Like, Feige wasn't the – he was one of the seven. There were other people. And, and like I said, some of them were people who were working like Joe Quesada. This was a kid. Joe Quesada was like the head editor of Marvel at the yeah. time. It was just like who were like kind of like keeping – if not like not just keeping it faithful to the comic book, but also like just keeping an eye on like continuity things. And now you have that with Filoni. More – like like I said, no knock, knock against John Favreau, but like you have that with Filoni – who spent so many years on Clone Wars and established so many of this shit and just, just knows it off the top of his head, just going like, and I know I talked crap about her for the debacle that was the uh, sequel trilogy, but Kathleen Kennedy was the one who not only greenlit the Mandalorian TV show, but she thought she was the one who got Favreau to work with Filoni. So, I mean, I've, we've, a lot of nerds online have s talked a lot of shit about Kathleen Kennedy and how she kind of ruined Star Wars. But if there was a bit, if she's done some bad, there's also, you have to acknowledge that she's done some good in terms of like establishing Favreau and Filoni working together and allowing them to helm the course correction for Star Wars because of. I've also like JJ Abrams. You, if you read like all, the, you know, all, there's only so much you can read all, all the commentary and uh, you know watching YouTube videos because all this stuff pops up in my feed periodically. But one of the other things about like Favreau and Filoni, and again, like a broken record, but like Filoni is just like just someone. It's that balance, like we were talking about with Star Trek, which is like you can do the fans service but it's fan service up to a point where it's just like we also have to service the story and the universe that we're trying to and it's just like I feel like with the shows and with Filoni they've hit a nice balance where it's like no you can do both and one of the mistakes is just like you don't and I hope they've learned the lesson with the that the, the most recent trilogy with the film is just like you don't have to completely service the fans. You could still tell your story. And it's just like what it, the big problem, and we've talked about this before with the films, is just like capitulating to either a small group of fans or the fans who claim they're the biggest. You can't be – You tell your story. Or maybe, as you said, there are lots of extended universe. Yeah. Borrow from that. I yeah. mean, you know, you can't just start from scratch for every new thing. 
pull or steal or borrow from what works in the books and flesh it out in canon for the movies or the TV shows. That works. And that has worked for the Clone Wars TV show. And that could also work with the actual movies themselves. So, I mean, you... I mean, there's you can always introduce some uh, new things, but as long as it respects like the history and the connection, and, and a lot of the new that we've seen in the TV shows respects the history when they add new. I mean, Hosoka's great because of her connection with yeah. Anakin. You know, Cad Bane is great because he was a uh, uh, thorn in you know. Um, um, Obi-Wan's Kenobi's yeah. side and I mean you create add new characters because they have interacted with some of the established uh, ones uh, that also, we've seen in the past. Even with the animated stuff, uh Bad Batch accepted. The other thing that the other preview that recently came out that I'm super, super duper fucking excited about, season two of Star Wars Visions. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I didn't see that trailer. Um, d- uh, I'll like, check it out later. It's so I, d- I I'm excited just from the preview, but just like just based on that first season was pretty all right. I liked ju- just, it. Just just based it. on season season one, it's just like the, you know however you might feel about each individual studio or each of indiv- individual interpretation, all of them were somebody whereas a studio given free reign. And just doing something in the Star Wars universe, it was just like, and they and it just like, whatever they want. And it it and that stuff isn't necessarily canon, but it's just like the reason why I'm so excited is just, just like, it even more so than the live shows because live shows have to connect in some way. Like yeah, but they, these are all standalone. It's just they they're just like whatever the studio is. It's just like they get to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't. It, whether it's good or not, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Definitely. No I, matter I what really, it is. I truly enjoyed season one. And each little story stands out on its own. It's not necessarily reliant on anything else. It just, they exist within the Star Wars universe. And that's what it's. And, and the thing I could compare that about. to is, is not connected to the Star Wars universe. Why I'm. Always excited. Why I was super excited. The seasons of uh, Love, Death, and Robots. It's just like, you know, some of them are great. Some of them aren't great. But all of them are just like someone doing something interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, whether you like it or not, whether it's good you're or not, bad or you're not. You're not going to – chances are you're not going to like all of them. Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they all have their own style. They all have their own little story. But they're all self-contained. And I love that pla- – it's, it's, it serves as a platform to let – Writers and artists express themselves and tell a story in their own way. And I said this before. I wish it's the di- and again, it's the difference between Star Wars and MCU. Is you have Star Wars Visions, but Star Wars Visions is what, in my opinion, Marvel What If should have been. Is Marvel What If because that's what it is in the comic books. Mm. Is it's Marvel What If you can it's whatever you want. And in, in that, it, it was like, I really wish, and they're, again, they're doing a Marvel bom- Zombies series. They're, a couple of those, they're pulling, and they're doing their own little mini-series about it. I was just like, damn it, you, 
you're the same company, but God, but you're not. That's the interesting thing about Marvel, Disney, and Star Wars Disney is, if you didn't know this, Disney Star Wars Lucasfilm, even though it's owned by Disney, is more of an independent entity than Marvel is owned by Disney. Lucasfilm, like, and and the how I learned this was the, the one of the interviews they had with Sim Whit- Sam Witwer, who has worked for Lucasfilm, and he was just like, yeah, Lucasfilm, they're owned by Disney, but they still operate as if they're an independent company from Disney. Like, Disney has some, like, input, but because Lucasfilm was its own, it yeah. owned money, money, it wasn't like Marvel where it was like they were going bar- bankrupt and they needed someone mm-hmm. to buy them. Uh it's different. Like Lucasfilm is much, and I, I think also that's why it's like this, the effects in a lot of the Star Wars shows look a lot better than the Marvel shows. It's like eh, they have that their own, they have their own people. <laughs> they have their they're they're more the of an effects are better. Yeah, 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 they have their own like Lucasfilm the sky. Uh, and how I learned again, like Sam Witwer, because he did voiceover, and he said it was just like, uh. Because Michael Rosenbaum like Agnum was like, do they pay you well? It's like, well, it's animation, so they pay you. It's not that the the pay is comparable to any other company. It's not great, but the great thing about Lucasfilm is like, once you work for them and they like you, if you need something from them, you can call them and they'll be like, yeah. Hmm. And he said he said like, I was like, hey, I want to do a. It was like I'm doing a music thing. Or, like, either he called them or, like, they found out. It was like, I'm doing a music thing. It was like, hey, do you want to come come, come record at Skywalker Ranch? It was like, it's nothing to do with Star Wars. And like, eh, you work for us. We have the studio. Just come come record your album in our studio. It was like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, And apparently, like, according to him, like, that's how the – as even though they're owned by Disney, like that's how Lucasfilm operates. It's just like you work for them, like it's whether you know the pay, you know, is is good or it isn't. But it, but it's just like I think that's part of the reason was just like, um, if that's ac- if what he's saying is accurate, it's like well, maybe that's why they're bringing back, you know, Daisy and Ray. Which is like, hey, you worked for us before. Yeah, and you got kind of a shit deal, but but I mean, you're it's but not you're, their fault. You're, I mean, you're, it's, you're, not, it's not it's not Daisy's fault. fault and it's like your Lucasfilm family. It's just yeah. like it's just like, and if we, anything, have, we have a we have a new idea for a film yeah. that your character can be involved with. You want to come Let's, back? Come back. It would be great. Open arms. <laughs> she <laughs> she could she could use the work. Um, I I I feel like Daisy Ridley has been seriously typecast. She can't Wait, seem really? to. Yeah. She is one of those odd. So <laughs> she can't. She can't. Uh, from from what I've read, she can't seem to find other roles. So no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the funny. Th- if you want to make a comparison, and it's and it's great because th- this is who she's the character in the in a recent trilogy, is like you have Harrison Ford, you have Carrie Fisher, Daisy Ridley is the Mark Hamill. Think about Mark Hamill post original trilogy. Yeah, what is the thing that he made the most money doing? It's voiceover L- movies that Mark. What are the movies that Mark Hamill made? Were to be in? fair, Mark Hamill was not the, a great actor. 
Daisy but, Ridley is a superior but, actor but, compared but, to but, but, but him. But look at the other people. Some of them had established. Daisy Ridley, I mean, original trilogy also accepted. Some of those people didn't have established. They didn't, none of them had established careers before that. But look at some of the people, the other people in that in those movies. Daisy Ridley is the newcomer. This is like Adam. What's his name? Adam Driver. Adam Driver. He was gonna be fine. But he's he did a lot of independent stuff before. Yeah. But I don't know if she's getting that. That's what I mean. Is she's not. is she's is not. like she's the Mark Hamill. It was just like, like. Or maybe it's just sexism. That could be it. There's that. But but it is I mean, I'm sure that's an element of it. And Adam Driver's not I mean, he's not a bad actor, but he's not the greatest. Um he is but for actor. him to be getting roles he's also, outside he's of also, Star he's Wars. He's also much more like fucking sixty five that no one much, asked for. He's much more well connected in the also in the in the industry than Daisy Ridley or any fucking poor John Bo- Boyega is a similar one. No, he's done his uh, own least, things though. Yeah. He's made movies. Been in, the, in a few yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. He's made his own movies um and and considering he's still making movies despite calling out like a major player like Disney but, but, for But that's what I mean is their the, the Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley is the Mark Hamill. It's just like yeah. It's 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 the it's the one act you played the main character and oddly, you're the one actor who, out of those all those actors, who is not. Star Wars didn't do any, didn't do you any. Kelly good. Marie Tran also got fucked over. She did. She, I mean, she she played Rose in yeah. the trilogy, and I don't recall seeing her or hearing about her doing anything recently. Um, obviously, female. And unfortunately, person of color that people, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's, it sucks. I mean, because I feel that she was a good actor. Yeah. Um, she is a good actor, uh, way more better actor than a lot of what we've seen in Star Wars movies and TV shows. So, I mean, I mean, I hope it's not the case. But as you said, Star Wars takes care of its own. And yeah. They're giving her another chance. Well, Lucasfilm, to make Lucasfilm now yeah. is is apparently takes care of their own. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, provided the people who like it, a lot of it has to do with just like it's it's like if you are good, loyal, to, you know, because John Boyega isn't going to be in another Star Wars film, unfortunately. I mean, I mean, he got burned. He, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. sure. Wait, what? He, John Boyega. Why do you say he got burned? I mean, they fucked over his character. They, re- yeah. That's I what mean, I he's hated. Not the only, he's not the only one. Yeah. But they, 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 yeah, they fucked over his character. Yeah, a lot of characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, Rose. They did nothing with Poe Dameron, mm-hmm. I- Oscar Isaac's character. Nothing. I mean, that was a waste. It was. It was. It, there was no sense of direction. Um, but the only thing I could foresee with actors like Daisy Ridley is if roles or scripts are not coming to you, nothing's stopping you from making your own shit. I mean, look at Olivia Wilde. I mean, 
I, I, not, I, not a fantastic sh- example, but sure. No, no. But here's the thing. Uh, aside from her, but remember, it's an, an isolated incident with one movie. Sure. And, but she's making her own films. And, and if they're not casting her in roles, make your own roles. Make your own things. I mean, nowadays we've seen a lot of actors or creators, you know, not be shoehorned or forced to be under the thumb of major production companies. They can make their own script. And, I mean, look at, you know, the first Olivia Wilde movie. I mean, that was amazingly good. And that led to the debacle of the second film. So, I mean, there's always opportunities for Daisy really to make her own films. There I think it's it is if you're an actor and a young actor it's harder but I mean there 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 are people you know it, there's I think a better example of that would be like Jordan Peele it was just like yeah, you're gonna need to make your own film and it was just like you you know you got quote unquote lucky that Get Out was as much of a if Get Out wasn't as much of a success as it was. He might not have gotten the opportunity to do yeah. no. the more stuff that he did. Uh, he did, and you know we got more great stuff. Uh, well, to be fair, there was. It's not just a Get Out. He remember they Keanu. I yeah. think it was the first film that wasn't the best. It was okay, but yeah. it wasn't the best. So the fact that he was able to get a second opportunity for Get Out, because remember that was not his first film. Well, well, the, the, the reason why I bring film. up like Jordan Peele is like I I think that there is uh, Daisy Ridley I I I mean a lot of this is sexism, but I think there's less of an opportunity to like you have to it's you have to work and take what is offered to you, you know because you're you're an actor you're not necessarily so. I mean, you could have someone. I mean, another example. I don't know why this popped up in my set, but but uh, um, Boots Riley. It's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Boots. What did she? Is she right? No, dude. Boots Riley is the lead vocalist for the group The Coup, and then he got all a bunch of money from all of his friends in Chicago. That did the weird movie. And he made Sorry to Bother You. Yeah. Okay. That's Uh. okay. (laughs) Okay. But but the reason why I bring him up is is because, you know, he ju- he called in so like when you're talking about just just make your own film was just like Daisy Ridley is not an Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde had a very established career as an actor mm-hmm. before she was directing her. Like all even Jordan Peele, jo- uh, Keanu Reeves, the John Wick films. He's an executive producer on all those. I mean, he executive produced. Uh, he produced a bunch of films. Most of them have been terrible. Uh, Man of Tai Chi is terrible. Forty Seven Ronin is terrible. I, I I haven't seen Forty Seven Ronin. I kind of there was a movie he did where he was a bad guy. Was that Man of Tai Chi? Yes, that's Man of Tai I Chi. I enjoyed it's that okay. one. It's okay. I enjoy that one. Um. But like you know, it's he's producing his own stuff. Listen, you know? it's. I but mean, they, but he had a long established career before. Or that, maybe the yeah. fact that she's not doing anything is because there were rumblings that there could be a Star Wars film coming out. Sure, it's also you know, possible. And a possibility that it could also be another, tr- 
uh, trilogy. That's a steady uh, stream of dough that's coming her way. Yeah. She, also, she also didn't take a, m- a massive... I mean, I'm not saying that John Boyega was wrong. He was not. But, but it was like she also did not take a... Her thing was like, I don't get why everyone hates me. <laughs> was basically her reaction. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, she's right. I mean, yeah. look at, you know... Um, Brie Larson. I mean, everyone hates her. You know, I don't hate her. I just hate her character. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just. I agree. I uh, again, if you want to talk about people from Scott Pilgrim, there are three actors in that. Three actresses. But to be fair, film. the actors in Scott Pilgrim weren't the best. That cast was not filled with the best actors out there. Dude. Okay. The guy I who played with, Adam I, no, 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 and no. Superman was in it. I agree with you with the male cast. Look at that. Look at the female uh, who cast. Who was in the female? Brie La- Larson, yeah. Anna Kendrick, Arby Plaza. And, okay, okay. Uh, Arby Plaza. Mary Elizabeth Winstead and... Uh, You're biased name? for her. A little bit, but only because of Scott Pilgrim. And what's her name uh, from... Uh, it's been a while since... Who else? Uh, plays... The Ninja Girl from Arrested Development. Ninja Girl. She, she is number five. The Roxy's lesbian relationship. It's Dude, the female cast in it. It's Brie Larson, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey, Mary, I get it. Yeah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and for some reason, I'm drawing a blank on. You, Anna Kendrick, great actor. Yeah, Anna Kendrick um, is great. But those are two. I I'm also, not counting Brie Larson. Doesn't, she doesn't. She didn't go on to really do anything else. Allison but the Allison Phil also fucking great. What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ki- I mean, Almost the entire female cast of that of that movie. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't really go on to do really that much else. By the way, they're gonna they're doing a animated. Uh, I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, which Christina, I'm super. Excited. Wait, Kieran Culkin was in it? Yeah, he plays his roommate. Uh, oh, and he's amazing in Succession. He's great in Succession. And Chris Evans is fucking great. Well, Chris Evans is Chris Evans, yeah. you know. Well, no, 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 I'm talking about, like, the main cast. Yeah, she plays his ex. I need to rewatch that. I only saw it once. It's oh my god! I've yeah, only it, seen it so once. It's Anna Kendrick, Allison Pill, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, Ellen Wong, Brie Larson, Abigail Chu. They're, those are minor characters. They yeah. don't count. Uh, I'm talking about yeah, and uh, May Whitman. May Whitman is the one from uh, Arrested Development. She briefly plays. Uh, Michael Sarah's like girlfriend, not the cousin that he has the crush on. She's later in the series. Yeah, Mae Whitman is great. The rest of these are just like random Canadian actors. <laughs> because they're all Canadian. <laughs> Wait, all Mary Elizabeth Winston is married to Ewan McGregor? I did not know this. I did not know that either. That's interesting. Sorry, bro. 
Um, I'm telling you, I only really have a thing for her in, from Scott Pilgrim and that, that, that crazy movie with Kurt Douglas uh, about the superheroes in the school. Uh, Rich, it seems like she kind of fits the mold that Jamie mentioned he didn't like. I don't know. I didn't say I didn't like it. I just mm-hmm. said it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like mm-hmm. more girls who mm-hmm. seem like they mm-hmm. could kick my ass. Like mm-hmm. that's Hmm. Okay. My, okay. my, my dating history, except, in, except I mean, for there, there are outliers. Except, uh, except for a girl that I, I did go on a date with, and I fucked up that I will not mention mm. on the podcast. Yeah. Um. That was more my type, and if you saw a picture of her, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's okay. that makes more sense. Um. But yeah, this was kind of the marathon session yeah we are at three hours and 15 oh i forgot you don't need (laughs) batteries anymore you no, no. finally i finally got the plug yeah finally you dumbass um (laughs) after i was like i I didn't understand how why would you have to tolerate you know how many the the environment you're killing with your batteries it's it's i will say that like try even on amazon like trying to find the plug that actually like fits this one correctly was a little bit of a to do, and then it was just like finding, like finding, like it was like ordering that it was actually available. It was ava- I, I found one that was available on Prime. It wasn't that it was actually pretty cheap. It was just kind of a, like it's a little bit of an ordeal trying to find it. So right. yeah, I s- I think that's I mean it is one in the yeah morning. I think we've we've I think we've covered everything. everything. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <We> <laughs> let me see. So Aaron Lorian. Um, the Tetris movie. All right, I'm gonna have to check that. Is out. a lot of fun. I want to see it. I have to wait till I have access to Apple Plus again. Doesn't take it so seriously. Sure, but it's got it's a video game movie, so it, there are many stylistic decisions that remind me a lot of Scott Pilgrim. Okay, sure. All right, I'm curious so now. That's cool. And nice. also, I need to check out uh, the Mario movie. Um, yeah, I really want to check that. I'll get to that at some point. Yeah, I don't. I'm not yeah, gonna I see it in theater, it but yeah. It's Apparently, Nintendo is looking to build like their own little cinematic universe. I mean, they could be there, have their own little Pixar version. I mean, I mean, it's, it's Nintendo. It's Mario. Yeah, they got. Uh, they have franchises the that they've yet to take the, advantage of. In the pipeline, they got the. Donkey Kong movie in the pipeline. They got m- basically movies for their major I character. I will it could say, work out. I will say that, especially the Zelda one. That I'm curious about that. One. That's the one that I, that's the one that I'm curious about and I'm most worried about because I, because because it. Mario Brothers works as what they're doing with it. Donkey Kong because he's already in the Mario Brothers movie works as what they're doing with it. Zelda is its own thing. Like Link is his own thing. There, there's especially when you're doing like adaptate, uh, fantasy adaptation of video games. We've seen that going wrong so many. Yeah, times. it looks like they want they want to do it am- animated. It has though. to be animated. Animated yeah. is fine, but I is like because of like that that world. I I I mean I don't want what they've done with Mario. For Zelda, for a Zelda it, it, it's not the same thing. It's definitely I. What little I know, I do know that Zelda is not all cutesy like yeah. Mario. They're not gonna. I mean, it'll be for general audiences, but they're sure. not gonna. 
make it I, i'm sure they'll they'll make it a little more mature than what they did yeah. with the mario movie yeah um and zelda the sequel is coming up pretty soon yeah. in the next couple weeks tears of the kingdom um, so i'm sure you're gonna you beat the first one or no i still haven't finished it so i mean like clone wars but all right continue <laughs> well clone wars i never started you really is it in that voice? You gotta get in the voice. What else did I have on here? Um, yeah, I guess that covers it. There's oh, I've, I was telling Jamie this. Um, check out The Northman on Prime if you have not seen that. Uh, Alex Scars. It's pretty much Conan meets. The Vikings, yeah, F- ultra I, violent. I, I definitely, it's it's in ultra my, violent, yeah, it's in my but really now. good, yeah. really good. I highly recommend. It. I I heard good things about it because it came out last year, but I was just like, focus on, um, Doctor Strange as well as everything everywhere all at once. But I heard great reviews for The Northman. Really solid, you know. Also great the, acting. Also, film. the peripheral is pretty good. It's yes. Pretty cool. Also uh, on Am- they're both on Amazon. And just as the most recent thing that we discussed, uh, Renfield is a lot of fun. <laughs> it is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's you guys so have to watch it. It's so. And good. the theater was like virtually empty when we yeah. saw it. It's it was disappointing. Uh, so it's but inter- isn't it's, it's change the fact that it's a great film. He, here's the interesting thing, uh, just to how like theater where theaters are and how they're broken down. So like Regal Union Square and all the Fandango, like the Lowe's theaters, relatively not sold out. All of the more, the fancy theaters, Alamo, Nighthawk, all virtually entirely sold out. Almost all, yeah, it's, it's, it was really interesting. Mm. Like, Like, and I think that's because like, demographic-wise, the type of people who are going to, on a one-off, go see Renfield are more the type of people who would go to, like, an Alamo, Dri- Alamo Drive ha- Draft House or a Nighthawk because that's the vibe. Yeah. That's the kind of yeah. vibe. It's that kind of movie. It's, yeah, it's, that makes sense. It's like it's it's more of like a uh, – it is, you know, not the same type of movie, but as far as, like, type of person it's 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 a it's a oh god what it's a rocky horror show uh uh yeah rocky horror picture show it's it's that type of i have a feeling it's gonna be like even if it's not successful just based off the first watching i was like i feel like it's gonna become like many Nicolas cage movies it's (laughs) gonna become one of those films where it's just like even if it doesn't do well in the theaters i think i think it's gonna get a cult it 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 has cult movie written all over well nicholas cage is cult movie bait that being said you know what renfield made me think of because it's nicholas halt again if you haven't seen warm bodies i need to watch that i i would recommend warm bodies the if because nicholas hall is also in that like uh you know you would think it but it, it's it's as far as like weird j- like mixed genre films, 
it's a romantic family. It's a romantic comedy set in a zombie apocalypse. And and he play he's a zombie. And one of the things about the zombie, there's like two different types of zombies. There are zombies who are like undead, but they've retained a, a certain element of their human consciousness. And then there are like I think they're called ferals in warm bottles, warm bodies, which are like zombies that are just like completely gone. And yeah, yeah, it's it's. I just watched it as like a fluke. I think it was on like one of the premium channels. I was just like another movie was like did not do well in the theaters. I was like oh. This is like a little cult mixed genre film, and I could see why like it didn't do well in theaters. But yeah, it's I I would argue it's worth seeing. On the other hand, Jack the Giant Slayer, you, you know, need to watch that one. Another movie with Nicholas. Never Holt. heard of that one. Yeah, you don't need to. Yeah, it's a Brian Singer movie. It's Nicholas Holt plays Jack, and he it is Jack. It's a it's a, it, it, it's from like the late nineties. It's it's a play on on uh, on Jack and the Beanstalk. You don't need yeah, to watch it. Vaguely it's, remember it's, it's, that. It's dumb. It's got a a weirdly like overqualified cast too. I think like you Ewan McGregor is in it, and like I forget uh, it's a very early Alice Vikander. Oh, like film, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomb Raider actor, yeah, that's very and Ex Machina is the very we- yeah. You don't need to watch it; it's it's strange. <laughs> and I think that's it. I'm sure we're forgetting stuff, but there was so yeah. much. Yeah, we yeah, were we recording and so on. There's so many things that have come out since the last time we recorded. I was like, have we covered? I'm sure we'll probably pod to talk about the ending of The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, 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 most definitely. And well, maybe the ending of John Wick, which we didn't really touch. Oh, yeah. But we can leave that for next time. Yeah, yeah still a little bit of a spoiler. We can, you know. All right. I think All right. that's it. Later. <laughs>